folks, I can't help it. I just get excited when I hear that tune because it means we're all in for a treat. It's time for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. So thank you all for joining us here. Um, I want to thank our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino. And we've got some fun stuff uh, that's coming up for them a little later in the show. Um, Of course, I have to thank our premium members because Rec Poker is a largely volunteer-based organization. Most of what we do is free, but there's so much value to be had in our premium membership, whether it's the social events, uh, community events, uh, learning material, study groups, book studies, uh, poker tracker reviews, off-table tools, uh, behind-the-scenes access to other great premier learning sites around the world. Um, It's all part of our premium membership here $15 $15 a month. It's great value. It's a great cause. And if you use the code RECPOKER, you get your first month for only $5. So I hope some folks will give us a chance. If you're a community member and you like what we do, a great way to support us is by dropping that five bucks and uh, becoming a premium member. I guarantee you, you will find something that makes you want to stick around. Um, most of that's because of our amazing wrecking crew. Uh, my name's Jim Reed. I'm Blusterini in the home game and Rec Poker Jim on Twitter. But you only hear my voice because they give me the mic on Mondays. It's a whole crew around here that makes the magic happen. And if you want to find out more about me or the rest of the Wrecking Crew, you can go to rec.poker slash crew. Uh, but listen up because you're about to, about to meet a few of them right here tonight on the air. Well, I'm Chris Jones. You can find me 5b5 on Twitter or 5 by 5 in the Poker Stars home game. My name is Joe Coolis, and you can find me at Joe Cool PhD, cool with a K on Twitter, and Elvita11 in the home game. And I am John Somsky. I am Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Radman50 just about everywhere. And I'm Troy Chapman, uh, and I'm Chapo Australia in the Hangar. Now, uh, this is Monday night. It's the Chats edition. Um, so every Monday night, we get to interview a new interesting figure from the world of poker. And then um, we also have a forums edition that comes out every week where we just talk strictly strat. Um, tonight, I'm excited to be welcoming Shandon Vandenberg, all the way from uh, Troy's native Australia. Uh, Shannon is a mixed game enthusiast, and as everyone knows, if you're a regular a regular listener, we are all about getting people excited about mixed games here at Rec Poker. Uh, so, Shannon, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for joining our show and uh, for taking the time to talk to us about mixed games tonight. Absolutely, Jim and the boys. Thank you very much for having us on. Very exciting times. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you are in a unique spot. Um, you're very focused on mixed games. You've got this you've got this whole venture that's purely based around it. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth about what's going on with the Mixed Games Academy. Uh, but why don't you just sort of introduce yourself to our listeners that might not know who you are and kind of say uh, where uh, where you kind of see your role in the world of poker these days? Absolutely. The Mixed Games Academy was born from the fact that I love mixed games and Mm. my home poker crew, we just play mixed games. We have over 60 variations of crazy carnival games, plus the real games that you'll find at at any dealer's choice at at the World Series of Poker, et cetera. The Australian market is flooded with no limit hold on tournaments, some pot limit Omaha tournaments. And there's a very, very small, even back when the casinos were open, the only place you could play mixed games is in eight game and what was formerly known as horse was at the Crown Casino. And that's where we all started to cut our teeth, unless you're running home games. Hmm. Fast forward to a worldwide pandemic, uh, come out of that, the casinos have got laws on them as to what they can and can't do. 
there's still this big hole in poker that was being filled by No Limit Holder and Pilo, which puts me to sleep. I, I, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I, I can play it, arguably not very well, <laughs> but um, uh, uh, I prefer the action games of like if I'm getting two seven all the time, then I want some extra cards and I want to play some deuce to seven, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So out of that was born the Mixed Games Academy, and it's a it's a multi pronged company where it's it's education for not only players but also dealers and tournament directors because they're they're a very niche game to be able to 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 understand the rules and what you need to do um, but also how to play them so it's inviting people to come across from the dark side to the light side of the fourth <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and start to learn some different games and we've started it off slowly so the mixed games academy we had our first event in brisbane australia um i say australia because you're in the us right they're in brisbane right. only, only a week and a half ago and the take-up was relatively small compared to any scale in the world, but huge compared to what we're doing in Australia. So mm. some of these spreads that we had have never been played in Australia at all to date in, in the history of poker in Australia. So we're spreading, um, I mean, the eight games have been, but when we start spreading nine games and including no limit, deuce to seven, single draw, and then we're having a triple, triple draw tournament where you're playing deuce to seven, Ace to five and Badoogie. Like this kind of stuff is 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 unheard of. And then coming into the future, I've got some more plans to just mixing it up and pun intended of different <laughs> tournaments, different structures, different games, just to just to keep it moving. So it's not just a standard freeze out, eight or nine players per table, final table of nine, playing down to a winner. I mean, all of that still happens. We still get champions and so on, but um, we're looking for the best overall rounded player. We're running player of the series where you, you, you gain points across the whole of the, the just the MGA events. doesn't matter if you play Hold'em. You don't get any points. No points for playing Hold'em, <laughs> only if it's a mixed game. Um, so, yeah, uh, very exciting times. And we've had one event. We've got another four for this year. So we're rolling into – I've just done the schedule for Sydney, and we're introducing um, something a little bit different in our in event number one, where we'll play THO, which is Triple Draw Hold'em in Omaha 8 mm-hmm. as a flight A, and you can buy into that flight. If you bag at the end of that, that'll go through to day two. You can then also play flight B, which is RSE, being Raz, Stud, and Stud, High, Low. You bag in that, you can accumulate your chips and take them into day two, and then we play Theros for the conclusion of the day until we play down to a winner. So just Now, let me jump in there. So yeah. uh, I think a lot of our listeners know of a game called Horse. And yes. if you if you kind of rearrange the letters, uh, you get a game called Heroes instead. Is it is it that simple? Is it the same game? We're just calling it Heroes instead of Horse because it's a much better name for it. I have to say, <laughs> absolutely. We're just really giving it, um, making it more sexy for twenty twenty three. And I wish yeah. <laughs> that was the only answer. But those that know it as Horse, and if you think about the acronym where it goes S E at the end, this was actually a recommendation from the Tournament Directors Association. And at the summit last year, you go from stud being a high game to stud high low being a split pot game, so as not to confuse new players coming along that there's there has been a game change and therefore a strategy change, and different starting cards are actually good for high low that wouldn't have been necessarily good for you in high. They recommended that the acronym be changed, so hmm. we put it in the lab, and we came up with heroes. <laughs> yep. I love it. I love it. It does just sound like a little more welcoming. I think that's it. Does it It will be the hero exactly? Yeah, who's going to be the hero? I mean, the marketing rights itself, Shannon. Exactly. It does. (laughs) Well, I know um, we've got a bunch of people live in our YouTube chat, and uh, we've got a lot of people here on the panel. 
Um, if you're on the panel and you'd like to ask a question, uh, just unmute yourself and I'll call on you. If you're in the YouTube chat and you've got a question for Shannon, just type it out and Chris and I uh, will get to it. Um, uh, Troy, I see you're already unmuted. Why don't you jump in here with question number one? All right, Shannon. So when we're playing in some of these series, how are some of the ways in which you are encouraging a long-term Hold'em player to make the jump across from Hold'em to uh, any of the mixed games? Good question, Troy. It's um, it's very difficult because I find that the uh, this is the steps that I see. We've got no limit Hold'em players that might dabble in a little bit of PLO. That's the first step. So they go from no limit Hold'em into pot limit Omaha. Whether they can or can't work out the pots is beside the point. I find they just say pot, and then then they then they, then they know that it's someone else works it out for me. Yeah, that's right, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so from that, I then find that they maybe dabble in a little bit of pot limit Omaha eight or pot limit Omaha high low, um, where they start to learn and understand what an eight qualifier means and what a low hand is, etc. And from there, they kind of stop because there has there's been this massive wall, and the wall of being there's no education for it. And by that, you can get on YouTube and you can buy a book and so on, but there's things that, as far as game playing, game flow, that aren't necessarily taught. So the Mixed Games Academy, in the first instance, is about education, not only just bringing events, but also bringing the education. So on each of the days in Brisbane where we had events for certain disciplines, I would run an, an academy training session for an hour to an hour and a half, covering off the gameplay, covering off how this actually works. So some of them have been playing on poker stars and it automatically gets done for you. I'm just showing that this is what's going to happen live. You're going to get these cards dealt out to you. This is what a stud hand is going to look like. This is what the stud, this is what the nuts is on a stud hand. This is what the nuts is on a on a, on a draw game. So we're just doing the, the teaching from the ground up. I've done some voiceover slides for those that join the academy that we can send out via email. So they've got a, a reference material later. Um, but it, really, as far as getting them across, it's conversations. So we had some promo girls in Brisbane. They're much better looking than me and much more able to get people interested in coming along to actually even just have the conversation. So that's all we're really encouraging, I guess. Let's have the conversation. We're going to start doing some uh, some YouTube uh, training. So we'll do some training sessions and put them up on YouTube. All of this will be free. And it's all just it's all just basic. Like I'm not teaching strategy. You only have to do a quick look at my Hendon mob to show that I should not be teaching anybody strategy <laughs> on these games. <laughs> I can, however, teach rules and I can keep, mm. teach game flow. And I can help people understand the intricacies of why things are different in draw, why things are different in stud. Um, and that goes for also the dealers in the TD. So that's um, one of my major roles. Um, uh, I work with the Australian Poker Tour, who's the largest independent poker tour in Australia. But they run No Limit Hold'em and PLO. And I, they, they host the MGA events. So we have all of the tables and everything already there. And so we have a captive audience of thousands of No Limit Hold'em players. And I'm just trying to say, Come on, come and try something new. Mix it up. Again. Yeah, big shout out to the ABT. They're a fantastic series in Australia. So yeah, I love absolutely. playing the APT series. Yeah. Um, so one other thing um, and th that I've noticed that you've done in trying to make it more accessible uh, for the no-limit players, if you have a no-limit player that's used to playing about $150 buy-in, it might be a bit of a stretch if they want to jump into a higher limit game because obviously we now have to have professional dealers. There's a smaller pool of those and so on. Um, so what are some of the strategies you're getting for people to come over and have a crack at it before dipping their toe into a larger buying event as their first uh, as their first start, like such as the satellites yeah. and things that you're starting? That's exactly what we're doing. I'm, I'm running satellites into some of the bigger events, and they're a lower buy-in, 
ranging from $100, depending on the, the event that you're looking to get into. But um, for so Sydney, about for, $50 for America or $20 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, like $20, $20 US dollars. Yeah, $20 yeah, US like, dollars. Exactly. Like a for America. Yeah. It's kind of like play money, uh, like monopoly money from America coming to Australia. That's what they say about our Canadian money too, but don't you believe them for a second. Don't you believe Just because it's colourful, it looks good in your wallet. God. Right. So we're running... We're running um, uh, satellites with a reduced blind structure and a reduced stack. So, you know, we might give um, 30K for an event with 25, 30-minute blinds, but we're going to give 15K for 15 minutes in, in the satellites. But they're a lower buy-in, they're a faster game, but they get to experience the whole range of games at a much cheaper price. And from that, they can either luck box a ticket on the way through or B, decide, you know what, I have picked up enough strategies through this this satellite, I understand a lot more of it than what I did. The academy training is only a start. It's playing the real game that makes a difference. And then they may um, commit the extra money. So, uh, look, is it are they priced for necessarily every mum and dad that's used to playing like a $20, $30 game? No, they're not. But I, we just can't price them like that based on the structures and how long they go being fixed limit. Um, and, and the fact that they have to be a dealt game. I would imagine doing a self-dealt game would be absolute chaos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never do it. I'll never do. It. It's funny no, you because couldn't. Yeah. yeah, when we when the the satellites were were um, assumed to be self dealt, and so oh. that kind of turned a lot of people off. And it's like, oh no, it's not. We can't do this self dealt. Like we're giving you a reduced buy in, and well, without going to the economics, we're losing money. Please come and play a satellite, <laughs> and it's going to be um, and it's going to be deal or dealt, which is which is great. And you've also got some other games coming up, not just in the major cities as well. So. Can you talk to we us have. We're going, we're going a little, a little rural, I guess, um, into uh, into Newcastle, uh, north of Sydney, and we're going to play a couple of smaller games. So, um, a good friend of mine, Rob Dorovsky, who's the founder of the Australian Poker Tour, has his own brand called Kings Poker, and he's running a high roller series for the first weekend in March. I am TD from the second until the fifth of March, and I'll be running two games: one Heroes which, don't quote me, I think it's like a 250 bind. So this is like bargain basement stuff. Very affordable, yep. Yeah, very affordable. 250 for people to try and an eight game at 350, which is also very affordable. Yeah. Outside yeah, of that, I, I think already Sydney, <laughs> I then go to Sydney two weeks later and we have MGA's second event. So it'll be the, um, the, the Sydney um, Autumn Series effectively. And we're running eight events over eight days, um, starting with the... THO and RSE, so converting that into a two-day event to be to be heroes. We've got another heroes game. We've got back-to-back eight games. So I've got an eight hundred dollar eight game, then backing that up with a three hundred and fifty dollar eight game. So that's for like the you know try it and see if you like it. I'm running three satellites, one into an eight game, another one to the nine game, and the ten game will be our championship this year. So it'll be the standard eight games, which is deuce to seven triple draw, the heroes, which is Hold'em, stud high low Raz stud. And I've got the order around the wrong way. <laughs> but I, I, no limit hold on PLO, deuce to seven single draw no limit. And but the ever forgotten about poor cousin of Badugi, we're throwing that into our 10-game championship. And the reason we're starting to do that is because I, I want to build to having a suite of games. So I'm not adding new variations for, the, for Sydney. But then come May, I've got the Gold Coast event. And we're going to start adding Badusi, Badesi, we're going to run a six or seven um, rotation game on Big Bet. So it'll be five-card draw, old school, five-card draw. 
but they're all just big bet games. So there's no there's no fixed limit in this particular tournament. Um, and then ultimately, I'm going to get to like a uh, probably 15 games that I can have in a dealer's choice, which is pretty exciting. But um, but our championship will always be a standard rotation of nine or ten games. I won't make that a dealer's choice. That'll be just be a separate game that we run. But it's pretty exciting. I just want to keep keep it different, keep mixing it up at each event so that people can start to learn different games. My my ideal is that by Sydney, at the end of the year in October, our championship game for the Australian Series of Poker is going to be a 20-game dealer's choice on offer, as well as all of the other bits and pieces and amazing games that we've had along the way. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, Chris, I think you're up next. Yeah, Shannon, I got a question here from the YouTube chat. Um, Josh is asking... Um, uh, obviously, Hold'em and to a lesser extent, PLO have solvers that have made significant changes to the game, even at the recreational level. I think recreational players are starting to become more aware of solvers and what they can do and maybe what how they can maybe give us some I- ideas about guidance and how we approach certain strategies. Um have how have so have solvers affected some of these other mixed games or how how have they they sort of change the way people approach some of the the mixed games i've seen particular strategies and ideas of starting hands based on um a position and so on having a lot of book time and strategy time from some fairly um, prominent players but as far as solvers as far as i'm aware I mean, I haven't I haven't seen like any particular solvers. Like you know, it's a little bit. You don't have your push fold um, charts with a fixed limit game, right? Because you're not pushing anything. You're just betting or raising <laughs> or calling, um, and you and you're limited to. Uh, we we do the same as Wasop. We limited to four, so one bet four raises. Um, so it really just comes down to particular. Um, uh, I guess old school hold on when it used to be position play, um, starting starting hands. Um, what you can push, what you can't. So as far as solvers go, no, I don't think it, it certainly hasn't been flooded with it. I'm yet to see any particular solvers on them. I've seen quite a bit of strategy and there's some really good books out there for people that want to then take it from the out of the academy into some strategy levels. Um, but we also, the, the other benefit they get with playing with these guys from a, from a strategy point of view, we've got some Australian Hall of Famers that are playing these mixed games. And, um, you know, they're sitting there with the likes of Jeff Lozandro, um, Garrett Benson, we had Mel Judah, and we've got um, uh, Grant Levy who will be playing in Sydney. So there's like four guys in the Australian Hall of Fame <laughs> that are magnificent players, let alone the Melbourne crew that have between them, we're talking Aussie Million bracelets and main event winners with with um, Aussie Million main event winners. We've got uh, other event winners from the Aussie Millions and also, you know, they've been crushing some things um, over, in the, over in the States. But back to your question, solvers, haven't seen a lot of it. No, no. Um, it hasn't. It certainly hasn't flooded the market. We haven't seen them. It's all strategy based. Yeah, and that and that when people talk about kind of the future of poker, I think some people get a little pessimistic about no limit hold'em because these solvers exist. People are getting very granular in mm-hmm. finding solved scenarios, and that just feels like another great reason to get involved in mixed games because it's going to be very difficult to solve all these different variations. There's a lot more decision points uh, and obviously they're not as popular so there's not sort of as much of an of a incentive for people to put that together um is that the sense that you have as well shannon that there's kind of like the future of poker is in mixed games even though no limit hold'em is is so popular in the mainstream today the cadillac of poker as far as prize pools in the game is always going to be no limit hold'em and that's fine um 
But as far as having an edge for the future, I believe mixed games is where it's going to be because you are literally just mixing a different game after a different game on a different rotation. And whilst once people start to play them, and it certainly happened for me, you have the, almost this matrix moment when you go back to No Limit Hold'em and the game starts to play itself and the decisions are quicker, the decisions are easier. And I believe it makes you a better player going back into a two-card game, coming from dealing with boards of seven cards, looking at other boards as far as, a, you know, in, in stud games or or dealing with, with draw games in your own deuce to seven strategies. And, um, and the absolute, my absolute probably favourite game right now, because um, it's just so pure, from a from a bluff perspective and just a gameplay perspective is no limit two to seven single draw hmm. um and um uh i understand that way back when they decided but they'll be deciding between two games it was going to be the world series of poker it was either going to be no limit hold'em or no limit two to seven single draw but no limit hold'em was better for tv uh, with flops and turns and rivers and, and so on and so they got the um, they got the edge but these guys have been around forever so they're, they're not new well, that's amazing because um, I'm going to introduce John Somsky next. Um, John it runs our home game club here, and we've been making a point of emphasis playing more mixed games. We've got a, a monthly mixed game. Every month we play a different mixed game, and we have a player okay. of the year race. We've got Saturday night practice games. John, I believe the, the game in February is no limit deuce to seven single draw, isn't it? Correct. It is no limit deuce to seven single draw, and that is one of my favorite uh, games as well uh, because. Because of the style of the game and there being no shared cards, it really is just a matter of reading your players and reading the the draws that are people are making. You can make big bluffs, but you can also get caught by them. So it's a lot of fun that way. What would you say is the best way to encourage getting new players and getting more people interested in playing uh, more mixed games? Number one, I think, is price point. People will try anything at the right price point. So if you've got if your home game is flush with a bunch of guys, and it's all relative, right? Flush with a bunch of guys that, that can only afford to pay fifty dollars and they want to do that, then that's that's the price point you do it because it's more it, it has to be about the game in the first instance, especially when you're talking home games and teaching people. When it comes to events, it's different because we have logistics and we have wages and we have all the other bits and pieces. But when it comes to home games, play to the crowd. And what they can afford to play. If that ends up being that you're just playing a game for free, so be it. If everyone just puts in, I remember the days we were just putting in five dollars, and we thought that was fantastic. Now everyone would just go all in on a five dollar game because you know they don't care enough about the money. So at some stage, once everybody knows, it needs to be enough that they'll play correctly, and it's just finding that that perfect balance. So I think number one. And we certainly do it. I've, I run a, um, um, a, a poker room for, for home games and a little bit little bit bigger than home games. But um, I just put, try to pick price points that can get people interested and get them to come along and try something new. And that that is that is number one. Yeah, actually, you know, for our home game club, what we do is all of the games are free. But in order to get people to actually play well, uh, we award points for them. So you earn points throughout the year. And uh, it still ends up being, we like to refer to it as the one of the toughest free money, free-to-play home game clubs there are around. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I think it's true. I think it's true. It's a great place for people to come and practice too, especially with games they're unfamiliar with. I mean, we have a lot of uh, No Limit Hold'em games in our home game club. Uh, but we also, like I say, we do this practice Mixed game every Saturday night. 
and we have our monthly mixed game player of the year race, uh, which is a different mixed game every month. So it's fun to come play for free, try things out. But if you want to get a hold of these sweet wreck poker pins, oh, baby, let me tell you. You gotta bring some heat. You gotta you gotta polish up because we you play for free, but the prizes are real. So uh, it, people have some fight in them when they come and play in the rec poker home games. So this is like humble brags. They're, they're yeah, like, yeah, it's, a, it's not even that humble. It's not even that humble a brag. Yeah. Not even that humble. Yeah. Just a yeah, sick brag. Sure. Okay, well done. That's awesome. <laughs> I appreciate the courtesy. <laughs> uh, Troy, you had another question. I think. No, no um, I, I suppose it was off the back of that. So. Um, on the on the way through, uh, Shannon, when as these games start to develop over time, how are you expecting or how are you hoping some of the some of the players may be able to develop their skills in Australia? Are we, we looking at playing more more series and more yeah. events or more training sessions? What, what are you What are you thinking? I'm thinking as we're getting bigger, I want to start involving some really strong mixed game players and there's some guys that we have access to there's um uh tim masters plays with us and he's offered some training time to really drill down on individual disciplines so where i take more of a um uh, an overseeing approach to say okay we're playing eight disciplines today i'll give you 15 minutes on each one this is the gameplay this is the nuts these are the kind of things to look for i'll give a few little pro tips from a non-pro um and we move on to the next thing but uh tim has offered to do some drilling down on 08, for instance, so Omaha, High, Low, 8 or Better, uh, drilling down on some stud eight games, drilling down on some on some draw games. And what I'll look to do as the numbers grow and we can get the right relationships with people, I'd love to get the likes of, um, you know, maybe even Jeff Lozandro, who's a, who's played a lot of mixed games, um, get some get some real quality mixed game players to come and give some, um, um, oh, I was going to say a sermon, <laughs> come and give us some training to, to <laughs> give that extra uh, to give that extra edge to people, or at least everyone's getting the same information. But I don't know, like me, when the first time that I learned to play an eight game, I went and bought into a $350 tournament at Crown and it did no good because all I'd done is try to find my way online, couldn't find too much. And so I just see this massive gap between I want to play and here's a tournament. So I'm just trying to bridge the gap in bits that we can. So from from the YouTube training to the academy to then getting some specialised people to come and help would be uh, is the answer. But I need, you know, I also want to get it done televised. Uh, Australian Poker Tour have a relationship with LCA Poker and Tom Bauer and his team do an amazing job of televising. I've spoken to Tom and we can televise eight games and nine games and 10 games and whatever else. So getting it out and getting more popular and having more people come across and more people try, that's then going to generate an interest for strategy groups and people that want to learn. So they'll reach out to, you know, Dylan Lynn's book of Mastering Mixed Games. They'll reach out to um, uh, your mate, Troy, that you put me on to. Chris Wallace. Um, oh, Chris yeah, Wallace. Fox Wallace. Great guy. Yeah, how, um, how, to, how to horse. Um, and there's, and there's, they're just few and far between, though. There's, you know, my shelf is full of No Limit Holder books, um, and there's only two or three mixed game books on there. It's probably evident from the way I play, but um, <laughs> actually, maybe I haven't read enough of the first ones as well. But, yeah. <laughs> Those that can't, those that can do, and those that can't just run events, right? <laughs> I should maybe think about running events. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so I think there's a bit of synergy here over time. So if there are people who are playing the MGA uh, or looking at playing some of those events on an ongoing basis, even the guys up in Newcastle, I'm sort of halfway between Sydney and Newcastle, um, and the guys all over Australia, because we have these little home games that are free to play. They can yeah. pick up one of the disciplines, 
smash it out for an, an entire month and it's cost them nothing. And then wow. they can then take some of those things. And, they've got, and the best part of that is they're not playing with the field of players when you play free money online where they don't really care. They're playing against a group of, a th- of 1,000 other people within the rec poker group who are all trying to get better. So okay. that's the value, I think, that um, there's a bit of synergy here over time. And yeah. as, as, you, as you develop, um, some, I encourage all the guys who are trying it, come and have a crack with those home games with us. Uh, John Somsky is our man for all that. All as all that happens, he loves me saying that. Uh, but I think that's a really good opportunity for some of the guys down here to um, help to improve their game before they go and smash me. Or well, I want some pins. A million. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want some pins on my hat, so I'm probably going to reach out to John myself and uh, yeah, and come in. <laughs> that's right. I'll just be efficient. Uh, Joe, Joe, you've been doing a little uh, research, I think, isn't that right? You have got something to add here? Yeah, well, you know, whenever I, I don't know all of the uh, the poker players and so on, it just isn't, I don't follow the long. So I always, before these, I have to kind of do some searching online to find out who somebody is. And so uh, before you came on, I checked out, I said, well, who is Shannon Vanderberg? Uh-oh. And uh, <laughs> the uh, site that I came up with is uh, this. I just want to make sure that's not you, is it? Oh, it's just uh, coming up now. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd like to know that you're fierce as fuck, but I, I just really want to make sure not you. Uh, that was before I lost my hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. I can't confirm that is not me. <laughs> yeah, my, I think, and Jim... Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. We need my a new question, though. Yeah. <laughs> my new question, my real question, though, is, is so I'm a, I'm a psychologist and I'm very much interested, particularly in how the brain processes information. And one of the things that we know about language development is that if you are multilingual from a young age, eventually you will become actually better in reading in a variety of language skills because you have been exposed to multiple languages. But the problem is that oftentimes you're slower to develop your skills in your primary language. So, for instance, your English, your English and reading will slow as you go through. And I think there's a lot of parallels in terms of the mixed game strategy that individuals who are looking to just simply improve their own game will benefit if they can do all of these games in the long term. But in the short term, they're going to have to put up with being worse at every single game and Poker is not really a great game for feeling good about yourself. And to be honest, the thought of being bad at 16 games in comparison to just being bad at one is a little daunting. Can you speak a little bit to that in terms of how that relates to how you see that journey for a recreational player? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the, it depends on the game they're coming to join. So if we go into the, uh, the discipline of eight games, all right, and I'm just going to pick on a few of the actual disciplines within that. We have limit hold'em, so we know how to play a two-card game. We have no limit hold'em. We know how to play a four-card game. We have, um, oh, sorry, no limit hold'em and limit hold'em. We have PLO, which assumedly they already know how to play that as well. We have Omaha, high, low, eight or better. So we've got yet another four-card game. So we have two two-card games being hold'em and two Omaha games. So there's half of the mix already done. We're only playing a maximum of six hands of each of the games. If you are starting to develop your skills in your deuce to seven triple draw, my recommendation to new players is the starting hand and your position is paramount. Everything else is junk, throw it away. Until you start to understand how your position 
can actually use it as a bluff and you can do some raising and you can you mix it up a little bit and just change the way you're playing, right? So until then, you just play. It's like when people first start playing um, uh, Hold'em. Sit there in this tournament and fold until you get aces, kings, ace, king or queens and then just make it impossible for people to call you and, and you know, that, that is sometimes an ABC strategy as opposed to getting to, um, you know, up to level three. So they know half of the games. We've got four out of the eight. And then it's just developing and honing some skills, I guess, as they're playing and understanding that in Raz, ace, two, three as a starting hand is really strong and I need to see fourth street. And if that becomes a baby as well as four or five or a six, I, I need to come on. So there's some like some basic strategies and understanding overall what the nuts are that they can not get them, you know, start seeing a king or a queen or a jack in, in Raz and continuing on for some some reason. So as long as they've got some basic strategy, I just don't think they'll feel that out of water. I think the main thing is feeling that I've found is that they're sitting against um, Aussie Hall of Famers and Wassop bracelet holders. That more intimidates them as opposed to they have an understanding, but they don't want to feel silly about the way they're playing a game. And so, again, the academy tries to take that part of it out by just teaching some of the, 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 the initial strategies so they can just feel comfortable at the table. But, you know, it's like even new players or playing at a new place, they're still going to have a level of being uncomfortable because they're not used to it. Um, and it's just like this. They're just not used to it. But um, uh, I believe the eight game is a really good one because it give, there are already no four games. They're just picking up the other four. And then we're just the rest, though, is completely uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, we start adding different variations of the same game. You know, we've got Deuce to Seven and Badoogie, and then all of a sudden we say, now we're going to teach you Badoosie. We need to look at both ways. Now, that is hard to teach, hard to get good at. I know players that have been playing for a long time that are still not very good at it. So it's, uh, yeah, good question. Well, and but- it, yeah, I, I think that it's in some ways too, if you, there's a way that you can teach the language um, because – Badusi and Badugi and and I've been playing poker for three, four years, and I'm still struggling to kind of keep up with some of those language changes as they occur. So, so I think the yeah. more you can do that, I think it'll be helpful. Yeah, that's it. And we and we try to well, not try. We do. We we break down all of the bits and pieces, and that's why I then provide a so a voiceover slides on a PowerPoint presentation again, reinforcing and breaking it down to do work in their own time. And it's all the basic level of things. You know, we give some some little tips on some things you need to look for, you know, if you've got rolled up kings. So we so, so we, we we explain what that means. We explain what rolled up means. We explain what split pairs mean. We explain what it means to be pat. We explain convertible draws. We, we explain all of the um, the terminologies that we already have in No Limit Hold'em, like, you know, blockers. Blockers still exist. There's still a thing. So there's some things that we can transfer across into all of these games. You convinced me, so I'll, I'll sign up next week. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> uh, Chris? Well, I'm, I'm going to ask the opposite question because um, I, I respect the idea of not wanting to be bad at, at uh, you know, at 16 different games instead of just one. But I also I'm kind of curious about when we started this conversation, you mentioned that, uh, you know, with your home game group and some uh, some other players that you play with, you have I think you said 45 different games that you that you kind of can dabble in and mix into some some games 60. you're playing. So, okay, 60. oh, sixty. So I'm just kind of curious. What is what are you know? And I've heard of like some of these that you know some players play where they sort of are blending games. There's like drama ha and some of those kinds of games out there. So I'm curious of these kind of more wild variations, maybe ones that you're not going to win a bracelet for or anything like that. What are some of your favorites uh, in, in that in that arena? And maybe you can describe one of those games to our audience 
Okay, I'm going to explain some of the stupidity of these carnival games and they're not to be taken that I like them or that I have them as a favourite, okay? <laughs> I will start with the one that I will cop the... The reason I don't like carnival games is I, I feel that there's a lot of luck involved as opposed to skill, okay? So I'll start with one that I I do have a tolerance for, Drawmaha, that you've already spoken about. This is a combination of a flop or a board game as well as a five-card draw game. So you, each player will be dealt five cards face down. We have a round of betting. We determine who's going to stay in the hand. We then go to a uh, – we, we then see a flop. We have another round of betting to see who still wants to stay around. And then you can draw once. And you can draw up to three – you can discard up to three cards, but you only get one draw, okay? And what you're looking to make is your best five-card high hand in your hand for half the pot and your best Omaha hand on the board which will have a flop, turn, and river. So you need to use two out of your five. So it's like five-card PLO for high, and it's like five-card draw for the other half. That's one variation of Dromaha. There's about six. You've then got Deuce to Seven Dromaha, where you're looking for your best Deuce to Seven hand and your best Omaha hand, and that's for half the pot. There's um, Dromaha Ace to Five, as it suggests. It's Ace to Five in your hand, and then it's uh, Omaha High. You've got Droma Doogie, where you're looking for a Badugi in your hand and high on the board. There's Dromaha 49. Now we start adding up your cards. So the nuts is 10, 10, 10, 10, 9. All right. Pictures are worth zero. Aces are worth one. So you just want a cumulative aggregate of cards that add up to as close to 49 as you can in your hand. And then you're playing Omaha again on the board. There's Dromaha zero. <laughs> which is completely opposite. Now you want pictures in your hand because there were zero and the closest to zero wins that half of the pot. So that's just all of the drama halves. But we've got to think, I've actually prepared a couple of cards here, uh, earlier. We've got one that they call Duck Flush uh, with my background. So you've got Duck Flush where absolutely outlawed this game. I don't like it. Any, <laughs> any deuce to seven hands can be beaten by a flush or better. So it's a triple draw game. You, if you have a flush, then you beat, you can beat the deuce to seven nuts. And I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it at all. Um, we've got uh, what other ones I've got here? We've got. Um, uh, I love that you're sharing these kind of esoteric games with us. It's just like it doesn't mean that he likes them, but he wants people to know that they're out there. It's important <laughs> to spread the word about the different mixed games. Well, they are, and and all they are, I guess. We then just have, um, and some of them we play individually. Like we've got um, Luna and we've got um, Everest. So Luna means zero. So it's triple draw, getting as close or as many pictures as you can in your hand. And then you've got Everest, which is trying to get to 49. So keep in mind what we've then done is comb combine those games with a flop game, being the five card PLO and your draw. So all of these games are basically a combination of draw and flop or maybe they're partly to do with um, with stud like there's a there's a, a variation called stud 30 where you know you've got three down cards in stud and four up cards where you pay half the pot for the best high hand so the best five out of seven cards of your stud hand will play the high but your three down cards is <laughs> as close as the highest count so 30 being the nuts you get the other half of the pot um and then we've got kenny doogie we've got archie We've got some um, deuce way to seven, ace way to seven, stairway to seven, um, uh, action raz, where you have to have a fate, you have to have a picture card in action raz to qualify with your raz hand. Um, 
we play super we play super stud games. So we've got super stud high low, which is as it sounds, but you get five cards pre. You have to throw two away, and then you choose your up card. Then when we get to sixth street, you can pay and generally we play this for cash. You have to pay a big bet and you can change over one of your face cards. So it's effectively eight card stud. Um, we had to do that with all of the stud games, make them all super. Absolutely. Why not? Uh, Raz Doogie, Super Raz Doosie, uh, Super Stud 8, and Badoogie. So they're three-way pots now. Um, there's a uh, The more recent one that everybody's loving is one called, uh, called Triple Seven, and it's the three qualifiers. You need to have a um, – and, and it's played with one face card. So everybody gets five cards face down, and then there's a face card, um, that every a community card that everybody can use, and there's only one community card. But the three qualifying hands are you've got to have either a seven low – or better, a seven Badoogie or better, or trip sevens or better. Oh. So they're the, they're the three qualifiers. So if you've got ace, two, three, four, five with an ace to four Badoogie, so the nut Badoogie, you, you've got a straight, you've got a low, and you've got a Badoogie, you can potentially scoop the whole pot. It's three draws. People miss their qualification hands. You can just scoop the pot. So if you don't qualify, ah. then, yeah, so so. There's there's some there's some silly silly games, boys. There's some silly. Games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the man. academy. Yeah, the academy no. focuses on the twenty in the World Series of Poker, and I I can't see anytime soon we'll be bringing carnival games to an event, but I do allow them in our home games. No, that's fine. I mean, it, my head's spinning, honestly, just thinking about all the different variations and, uh, <laughs> and that kind of thing. But I can see how it is fun. Like, I can see how it is fun. We it talk is, about yeah. we, we, yeah. we talk with our guests from time to time about how if you go walk into a casino card room, um, you can tell the table that they're playing mixed games at because everyone's drinking and laughing, having a fantastic time. And everyone has a no limit hold them tables are just like sitting there with their earphones and their hoodies and, you know, trying to grind it out. It out. Yeah, right? No, I mean, <laughs> poker is supposed to be fun. Yeah, we got a great comment here in the chat from uh, Dark Angel 7091 uh, Poor dealers. That's a great point. I mean, you think about the kind of a variety of dealing skill that's involved in this. Um, Shannon, talk a little bit about that. What's, what's kind of like the learning curve for the mechanics uh, of dealing and playing some of these games? And how do you prepare uh, dealers to be able to provide a quality experience for the, for the people today? Absolutely. I'll start by saying my 17-year-old daughter can deal every variation that we play here. <laughs> so she's well-versed um, in the the 60-plus games that we're playing. Um, Sounds cool. If, yeah, if, I find a, if I find a good dealer with a good pitch, then I can teach them these, these other games. So it's real, as long as they have the, the good mechanics and a clean table and know where to keep their pot, we can teach them the next bits. And that and that's what we've been doing with the Australian Poker Tour um, dealers is that, look, there's a different way to view things. Um, and there's a and there's a bunch of different little mechanics they need to get used to as far as discards and what you need to do and how they need to, to, to be moved to make sure we're not messing cards up and taking people's cards when it should have been and making sure that's the correct number, um, where to put the stud cards, make sure it stays in landscape and it stays in order. And so all the little intricacies, it's really teaching them. And it isn't particularly hard. It's just different. It would be no different when someone first learns to deal no limit hold'em and you want them to follow a particular method. You just teach them the particular method. And it's not really unlearning anything. It's just adding to the skills that they've already got. Um, But it is quite demanding on them. But all of the dealers that I've had have all said it is so much more fun than dealing no limit hold'em because the hand rate is lower. 
So you're talking in a no limit hold'em tournament, they should be deal a good dealers are dealing 25 to 30 hands per hour, maybe 25 to 27. But in a in a mixed game tournament, you're doing around 19 hands per hour, thereabouts, because draw games, and this is on average, because draw games take longer. Like they can take like three minutes a hand. Um, you get some of the faster, some of the faster games within the mix. So their actual um, effort on them is less, but because there's less hand rate, the game's going to take longer. So we start by, can you deal? I, I probably would never take a brand new dealer that hasn't done any dealing before. They need to come with a grounding um, before I can really teach them. Otherwise, it's, it's just too much. They need to have a good pitch, and then I'll teach them the rest. Nice. Good answer. Um, we've got a couple uh, comments here in the YouTube chat, and I'll remind our YouTube listeners, first of all, uh, it's fun. We get the Australian Poker Tour having a good time on YouTube tonight. So thanks for joining us, uh, ABT. Uh, I've got some great comments from a few other folks up here. Um, Adian Glenn says, my God, when are adding the Uno, re- the Uno reverse card, Shannon? Yeah, that's all that's missing. <laughs> we got to start bringing in some cards from other card games to really spice it up a little bit here. Um, and we, we got a question from uh, Jack LaRue saying, uh, with all these carnival games, do you ever run out of cards? Yeah, that's a good question. When you're when you're drawing multiple cards or or spreading seven cards each or something like that, you can't play ten or nine handed, right, uh, Shan? Yeah, it's it's six handed. You're limited to six handed in most of those games. Like if you're playing Superstar, it's six handed. If you're playing Draw Mahar, it's six handed. And there's still times you're going to run out of cards in in certain games. But I have a um, a particular procedure that needs to be followed. Um, hmm. And I won't bore the listeners with the intricacies of that, but it's all about making sure it's a fair distribution of unseen cards and making sure there's an actual method of which pile we'll, we'll, we'll use for, to create a new stub. So running out of cards, yes, but you then end up using either discards or the remainder of some of some um, uh, burn cards if they've been unseen, hmm. if you have enough. But there's a little bit more to it than that, but that's generally the answer. It's just fair distribution and random distribution of the unseen cuts right on well um we're getting to the end of the show um i'm gonna ask uh, shannon a couple more questions before we let him go but i'll just remind our youtube listeners if you want to have if you have any more questions please type them in the chat there and if anyone here in the panel uh, has any questions just unmute and, and we'll get them in before the end of the show um i will also say if you're listening to this and you're enjoying this Come do come get a free rec poker account. Uh, the community account's free. Just go to rec.poker. All it takes is an email address and a smile, although both are mandatory. Uh, because we're going to be doing a mixed game thing of our own this spring. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to come together, uh, but we're going to be inviting Shannon back. We're going to be talking to uh, Fox Wallace. We're going to be talking to uh, Jake Hirschfield from Unshuffled. Um, uh, Robbie Straczynski, of course, from uh, Card Player Lifestyle. A lot of mixed games fans. Uh, we're going to do a couple podcast episodes just based around mixed games, and uh, if we can, we'd like to do some some more sort of interactive stuff around it. On the third Wednesday of every month, uh, it's free for community members. You can come and hang out with Jake Hirschfield and I as we explore the mixed game of that month in some detail using his platform called Unshuffled. It's free for all our community members, uh, so do come and check it out. There's there's so many ways to get involved in mixed games here at rec poker is just one of the ways that we celebrate our love of poker it's 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 a big love for a big game there's there's enough to go around um josh campbell asks he emailed me my food bank his food bank entry in advance yeah so um shannon we do a draw at the end of every show 
where people uh, type the words food bank in and we try and raise awareness for food bank. Food insecurity is an issue that, okay. you know, affects all sorts of people that you might not expect. And um, people have been getting their entry in earlier and earlier throughout the show. So, Josh, he emailed his in early just to make sure that he was really in there. No, Josh, let's start typing those in. In fact, let's do that right now, folks. If you want to start typing the word food bank in. Uh, we'll start paying attention to the order they come in. Then Chris will roll his magic dice and we'll figure out who the winner is going to be this week. Um, while people are doing that, um, does anyone have any other questions for Shannon? I've got one to close out the show. Um, so, Shannon, uh, Troy, you've got something. Why don't you jump in? No, no, sorry. I think it's the sign questions. I got it for it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was just going to ask. So, um, Shannon, we're recording this. It's at the end of January. we got most of the year ahead of us. I know you've got a series of events lined up. Can you just take us through... Uh, what you've got lined up and when and sort of how people can get more involved when they need to sign up by and that kind of stuff. Cause I think a lot of people are going to be pretty excited to get involved in your mixed games. Cabin. Absolutely. Our next event, we're going to Newcastle where we're running two events being the heroes and the Akon. So that's from the second to the fifth of March. Mm-hmm. From there, we go to the second of the major MGA events, which is from the 19th until the 26th of March at the Cube in Campbelltown, New South Wales, in Sydney, where we're running eight events over eight days. And that will be that will be huge. To get involved in, in fact, I'll go through all the dates first. Then we've got Gold Coast. We're going to go um, back to Queensland um, from the 20th of May for a week, where we're running another eight events. Then in September, we're back to Brisbane, uh, which is just a, for those, you know, not in Australia. It's about an hour and a half up the road from uh, from Gold Coast. Um, so we'll go back to Brisbane for the uh, for the next event. We're running another eight events over the um, over the seven or eight day period, and then in October we've got like our grand our grand final. We're going back to Sydney, but we're at the Bankstown Sports Club, and we've got another eight events and a, and, a, and bigger buy-ins and some very different events and more World Series of Poker orientated um, dealers choice twenty games etc. For more information, mixgamesacademy.au is our website. Jump on, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, Instagram. So just all the handles are basically the same. It's Mixed Games Acad or Mixed Games Academy. Um, like and subs- if you subscribe to the website, you'll be up to date with all the information. That's where we're going to start keeping our um, our blogs and our results. Um, we've got a particular um, festival set up on Hendon Mob, so all our results are, um, are covered by those guys as well. And yeah, very excited. It's, it's going to be a big year. It's only. Four events, but that's massive for mixed games in Australia. So it's, um, yeah, busy times. That's fantastic. And I'll make sure that uh, if you're listening to this and you're enjoying the sound of it, uh, the links that uh, Shannon's talking about, you can find them in the show notes. So you can just click on there and follow along and sign up uh, with the fun there. Um, Shannon, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience before we let you get on? I mean, I know for you, this is Tuesday afternoon. Like we're, we're coming at this from completely different parts in our day. Um, but I don't know what, uh, is there anything else you'd like to leave with our audience before we wrap this baby up? Uh, look, all I'd say is that just give it a try. Um, and not necessarily, it doesn't have to be for the, for the big events. If, if, if the dollars are an issue, just try a satellite, um, come along to the Academy training, reach out to me personally. I'm happy to do some zooms with some people, whatever it takes to get some people just to bridge that gap so that they feel comfortable. So um, I'm, you know, I think I'm an approachable guy. If people have questions, just ask me. If I don't know the answer, I'll make it up. Or I'll <laughs> it 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, look, and I'd like to thank you guys at the Wrecking Crew. Thank you so much for having us on board. Um, this is only new. And Troy, thank you for the, for the invite. Um, this is a new venture for us. Like literally had one event down, really happy with the numbers we got. And uh, yeah, just looking to get, um, big, even if it only grows by one table each time, I think it's a massive win for mixed games in Australia. That's wonderful. Well, you'll be hearing from me when we put our, our plans together for this little mixed game uh, theme that's coming up a little later this year. I can't wait to bend your ear again and uh, awesome. uh, have you back on the show or something like it. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Thanks very much, Shannon. Have a great Both day, Shannon. We'll be uh, represented at Newcastle and Sydney coming up. If anyone wants to say hello. <laughs> Shannon, see you soon, mate. That's right. Thanks, boys. <laughs> All right, so um, I think uh, we've got a few people entering their food bank guests in the uh, uh, in the YouTube chat. Just while we'll give them a couple more minutes to enter their enter their uh, raffle there, and I'm just going to mention a couple things coming up at the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino uh, down there in Columbus, Minnesota. Um, so if you're listening to this live, you've probably got time to get down to uh, for the for the love of money tournament. That's a $500 buy-in tournament. Um, the qualifiers start today, Monday. Uh, day one uh, will be running on February second, third, and fourth, and it'll conclude on day two. That's a five hundred. Uh, uh, day two on February fifth. That's a five hundred dollar buy-in. And then on March first, uh, the pot of gold tournament starts. That's a three hundred and sixty dollar buy-in uh, with day ones on March first, second, and third, uh, and fourth, I think actually, and uh, day two on March fifth. Uh, we teased last episode we're going to be uh, joining the paddy, the post-paddy free roll on March 18th. That's a free buy-in, $5,000 prize pool uh, with $10 unlimited add-ons. And keep your ears perked in February. There'll be a forums edition of the podcast talking about some strategies you might employ while playing in a free roll like this. And then finally, the last event they have in March, the Mid-States Poker Tour. Uh, is coming from March 23rd to April 2nd. That's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a ton of events going on there for uh, that entire stretch. And uh, I'm sure if, if you enjoy the Wrecking Crew, if you enjoy a lot of the Wreck Poker Premium members, this whole thing got started in Minnesota. A lot of them are going to be there. A lot of them are going to be having fun at the Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino for all these featured events. So I'd encourage people to go and check that out and tell them that Wreck Poker sent you because that makes us look great. And they're our sponsors, so we'd really like that. <laughs> Um, all right, Chris. Should we uh, should we do our our results? Should we? See yeah, what's I've got I got two things. Uh, first of all, um, one thing I'll just put a plug out there for our own Wrecking Crew member Taylor Moss. Um, I uh, purchased a little bit of coaching from him this uh, very beginning of this year, just to try to help me become semi, not even competent, but just like strategically, <laughs> like potentially, like aware of how to play mixed games and he just he kind of walked me through the because i kind of had that same feeling like i want to try these but i don't know how to do it and i wanted to bridge that gap uh and he did this phenomenal thing so if anybody's kind of looking for that and looking for you know our own player of the year two years in a row uh does that a little on his own and it was it was a really good thing and i feel like i have a handle on at least not that i'm gonna be good but i'm not gonna make a total like <laughs> Like most of the time I would look at mixed games and sort of be like, did I win? Somebody tell me. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Your hand yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's one plug. The second plug is that since I've been teased sort of so much, <laughs> I have 
Brand new. Oh yeah. Dorky dice. Yeah. For dorky all you dice. people in the audience. Um, so I can. I, I. How many do we got? What do we got to do yeah. here? All right, let's see. Let's make sure we're all in agreement here about the order and everything. So we got uh, Rob Adsom, who got in there naturally to be first. Uh, Josh Flanecki, the RRRCCC, Dark Angel, Mary McCune, Jim Gibson, Charles Allen, ah, Jack. I got nine ending nine. in Jack. Is that how you counted as well? That's how I counted. So what do I, I roll a ten sider? Just in, I didn't even need to buy new dice. What's going on here? <laughs> you are so much right. cooler than you were last week, though. Yeah, it's true. You have so all much right. more respect. So I'm from us. I'm re-rolling on a zero. Okay. Yep. This is all happening. All right, here we folks. go. Ready? It's happening in real time. It's a five. Of course, it's a five. Best number on the dice. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's one, two, three, four, five. Donna, um, congratulations, Donna. You've won. Now you're not a Rec Poker Premium member yet, uh, so you've won a free month at Rec Poker. Um, so you can send me an email, Jim at Rec Poker, and I'll make sure to set you up with your free month. You're gonna love um, all the amazing stuff that we do here. Uh, we kind of tease it on the podcast from time to time, but it's it's a great group. Um, we've got a bunch of people who uh, uh, just love poker, love sharing their love of poker. We learn together. Um, you're going to get access to some training videos from some of the most amazing poker training sites out there in the world. Um, and I know you're just the kind of person that's going to have a lot of fun uh, with a lot of our members as well. Uh, plus, of course, all our premium members get to take advantage of our deep dive that uh, Chris runs every single month, which I really think is sort of like the flagship of, of our learning material here. Uh, you'll get a chance to play in a simulated tournament environment with eight other premium members uh, where Chris Jones will be uh, recording in God mode so he can see everyone's cards. And then uh, he and Dara O'Carney analyzed your play afterwards. They split it up into various hands. They each put their input into it. Uh, Chris provides this whole uh, uh, seminar that gets released at the beginning of the month based around the theme of the month. And um, you can get some personalized feedback on your play uh, from Chris Jones and Daro Carney. And Don, I know you're a Dar you're a Daro Carney fan um, because you're so plugged into the poker scene, particularly over across the pond. There, if people don't know, uh, Dark Angel Seven Zero Nine One is a fantastic follow on Twitter. Uh, she's very involved in helping to spread the word about podcasts and uh, people in the poker world, uh, making the poker world uh, a brighter place. Uh, so thank you, Donna, uh, for that support. And I hope that we get to meet uh, sort of, I won't say in real life, but over Zoom, at least, in some of these rec poker events uh, coming up real soon. Josh has a question for Chris. Uh, Chris, did you get a new wizard hat as well for your next Dungeons & Dragons adventure? Uh, that might be a bridge too far. I, you're, you're we'll not see. that cool this, yet this might be this might be a gateway we'll see i, I don't know <laughs> these dice. But, those uh, are those are some sharp dice and they have if, if you're listening at home um the, this is one of the reasons why you got to come join the youtube because not only would you get to, to see the alternate reality of shannon vandenberg um being shared by joe coolis there but you get to see uh chris muggin is really cool uh well cool is maybe not the right word but some very elegant and sharp looking uh they're, purple you purple can't dice. quite tell they're like a metallic purple with a black and the, it's they're pretty they're pretty it's cool pretty i have to it's, say it's pretty sweet man Look, look at my name. I get to determine what's cool. <laughs> that's true. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe's the arbiter of everything that's cool with a K. We, that, we know where to come for that. 
Um, yeah, uh, Josh asks if we should be do we should be doing a a mixed game tournament in our next meetup. I think that's a great idea. Uh, we're talking about maybe doing a meetup at uh, Playground Poker Club this spring. I'm not sure exactly the details of that, but we'd love for that to go forward. Playground's a fantastic place. We're definitely doing another uh, meetup at Running Aces sometimes in August or September. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to really look forward to that. Um, of course, several of us will be down in Las Vegas between uh, May and June and July for the World Series of Poker, and we'll be getting together then. And I'll just tease again, Chris kind of mentioned this last week, but we expect that at some point over the next little bit, they'll be releasing the WSOP schedule. And just like every year, we're going to be joined by Kevin Mathers. Kevin Mathers, like who, who's like Mr. WSOP on Twitter. He's going to join us for a live YouTube broadcast while we break down the schedule in real time, uh, going over some featured events, start making some plans. Uh, last year, I committed to a tag team contest that I got some flack from my wife about afterwards because the dates didn't really work out the way that we were hoping to. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna agree to anything on the air this time, but we're gonna have some good ideas and we're gonna put some plans together. It's gonna be super fun. Uh, so come and join Kevin uh, and uh, Chris and I and all the rest of us here when we do that. And so I will just ask again, folks. Um, please check us out on YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel because we're going to be doing that. We're going to be doing some other cool things coming up where we're giving out some pretty, pretty amazing prizes only to people that are in the YouTube chat. So uh, not only will you get notifications for when we get live, but you'll also get a chance to win some great prizes. And it obviously it helps us out a lot. Um, and since I'm just shamelessly plugging, I'll say if if you're listening at home, please uh, hit hit the rating. Just give us a, a nice rate. Well, give us an honest rating, whatever you prefer, is whatever you think is fair um, on your podcast uh, platform. Uh, a review would be even better, but even just a, a rating helps us out a lot. And so I would appreciate that. It's one of those ways that you can help us out for free. We do a lot of stuff for free. We don't ask for much that comes out of your pocket, um, but any, this would be one thing that'd be great uh, to help us out. Uh, subscribe to the show rate and review it subscribe to the youtube channel um and of course tell all your friends how much fun we're having over here and how they can get involved for free as well uh i guess one of the ways we uh have a lot of fun is with our home game club that's gotten some love tonight but we haven't actually talked about who some recent winners are uh john why don't you take us through into home game land and then we'll probably wrap this baby up and send her on her way all right, we'll start off with January 23rd. Dan D. Rezgi, Daniel A. got his second nightly victory for the year. Evil Roy C.A., David oh. Westerveld, got his first nightly for the year, but his 49th victory in the home game series. So he is one elusive win away from earning the Lifetime Achievement Award. And, and I'm just going to get the first um, interruption in here, John. Uh, that was live in the online plan hang. Um, that one was pretty exciting. We got to see him get all the way to uh, heads up. or, or no, 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 yeah, we got to watch him go all the way through it, uh, including the win in our online plan hang, the OPA, on Tuesday night, which is uh, a great way to come and hang out with other premium members. We have a pretty good time on Tuesday nights. But I, how cool is I? Man, I really hope we get a chance to kind of see it happen for number 50 because 50 that's pretty spectacular. I'm excited to, uh, to, to welcome Dave into the very exclusive hall of honor or whatever we end up calling that. But the lifetime achievement of pin is just the ticket and he deserves it. He's, he's, uh, 
Yeah, you have to sacrifice a goat to do it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We we won't get into you know what he's done behind the scenes or who he's made bargains with with his, with his eternal soul. That's up to Dave. But um, yeah, congratulations, Dave, and I'm excited to to see you hit fifty. I'm sure it's going to happen in no time at all. Although I did hear that he is going to be bunking with Robert Johnson in the afterlife for whatever that's <laughs> worth there. Um, anyway. Did they meet at the crossroads? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, then B-Chep Charles Allen got his second Charles, victory for the year. He's on a roll, though. He's been he's been kicking butt like since last fall. I feel like we talk about Charles Allen every week on the show. Congratulations, Charles. Well, yeah, that's his fourth victory overall this year. And th- that's oh, in my January. God. So that's yeah. doing pretty good. No kidding. Yes. Um, Bone Crusher 14th, Marshall, oh, Marcel, Marcel. got his first nightly victory for the year. Keto Man 335, Keon Tavacoli got his second victory Beast. for the year. Squidge 2022, Kate Ibbinson got her first nightly victory for the year. And B-Chip Charles Allen actually, okay, so this, he he won the daily mixed event. So this was his fourth victory for the year, his first mixed practice event for the year. And then Lars opening, George Borden got his ah. first international victory. Glassjaw 222, David Shun got his first international victory. And none other than Kambinkley, Eric Jin won the LPP event. So he can contact <laughs> Jim at Rec.Poker for his free month at Learn Pro Poker. Yeah, but uh, we're not going to give him a free month at LPP, though, because Eric Jin is already way too good at poker. He doesn't need to get any better. Um, Eric's been working on a few cool things behind the scenes here that we're going to be sharing with people soon. Uh, but one of them is that he's the, the peel is back. The play explain and learn is back. So this is so exciting. This was one of my favorite features that we do here at rec poker every Thursday night at 1030 Eastern. If you're a premium member at rec poker, you can join Eric and his cadre of, uh, of enthusiasts. Um, and it's a different group every week. You play, it's kind of similar to how Chris runs the deep dive seminar. You play uh, a simulated cash game with a few other premium members. Uh, Eric is watching uh, and listening. And it, it's kind of similar to uh, Poker Out Loud that you guys may know from uh, Solve for Why. Everyone's muted, but and everyone's muted everyone else. But you take turns. When it's your turn, you unmute and you sort of talk through your action. And everyone does this in order. And then Eric takes the the video of this and releases it to the members. And you can kind of see in real time what the other players were thinking throughout the hand and whether their assumptions were correct or whether your assumptions were correct. And it's a phenomenal learning tool. You do have to kind of open up yourself a bit to take advantage of it because you have to share your thoughts with the group. But listen, I am a great example of why people should do this more. Because when I started poker, when I learned for years as someone who was learning poker, I did it in the shadows. I was a lurker. I did, uh, I read books. I listened to podcasts. I watched videos all on my own. I made a bunch of charts. I like did a bunch of math, pen and paper stuff all on my own. Even when I joined Rec Poker, it took me like two months, even just to turn the camera on and to join the group. Because I'm kind of, you know, a private person, <laughs> but um, you wouldn't know it now. But as soon as I started sharing with the group, posting in the forums, 
um, being more vulnerable, not being afraid of being wrong or making mistakes or saying things that were wrong, as you've noticed, I do that quite a bit. Um, that really, and, and I've seen this in my poker tracker four graph, you can see my results take off from the time that I started sharing myself with the group, uh, sharing the things I was unsure about, um, sharing the things that I needed to improve on with the group and learning from the group together. It's something that it's hard to do to kind of put yourself out there when you're not sure, but it's the way to learn the most effectively. And with the group that we have here, you don't have to worry about people giving you a hard time or berating you or treating you like you're inexperienced or, you know, it's a dumb question or, you know, you made a terrible mistake or something like that. Because we all want to get better together. It's it's a positive and encouraging learning environment. So uh, I just want to shout out this Play, Explain, and Learn that Eric does on Thursday nights. It's open to all premium members. You just have to go to the forums to get the link to join. And um, Eric's just a phenomenal uh, facilitator of this. I'm really excited to see how it grows and uh, what else we can do with it because it's just it's a great way to do it. Um, and it is at 9 p.m. Central Time. Yeah, is it nine or nine? I think doesn't it doesn't start on a half hour. Doesn't it? No, okay. it's nine. So go to the uh, rec.poker homepage. If you just scroll down, you'll see a calendar of all the events that are coming on this week. Uh, all the blue ones are, and there's a lot of them, are events that you can join to engage, whether it's over video like Zoom or uh, the Fun Country program or Poker Now or Twitch uh, or YouTube. But there's a lot of different ways that you can engage directly with the wrecking crew. Um, and then all the yellow events are home games. And there's only 359 of those in a year. <laughs> so you should have no trouble. <laughs> we, we Basically, to put long story short, we have multiple events every single day here at Rec Poker. Most of them are free. Um, the biggest problem you're going to have is choosing between them. So come and get a free account. Come hang out with the Rec and Crew and me and uh, have a great time. Am I forgetting anything, gentlemen? Sometimes it's ladies and gentlemen. We have an all-male crew tonight. Um, but failing that, I guess, uh, well, Josh says he's looking forward to the next chapter of the book study on Wednesday. Martha says, great time tonight. Thanks, everybody. That's awesome. Hello, Martha. Uh, Jack LaRue says, Chris, I love your sweatshirt. He's not the only one. That is a sharp, the the, the white with the black, that, that looks really good. I mean, I wouldn't wear that outside because I'd get barbecue sauce all over it in no time. But um, that is a sharp one. Um, some other really nice comments in here. So I'll just say, uh, thank you to everyone on the uh, uh, in the YouTube chat. Thanks to everyone uh, for your positive comments. I hope if you enjoyed tonight, uh, we've got Lexi Gavin coming up next week, and then there's going to be a few more Australian ambassadors coming on. Troy has been uh, uh, spreading the word down there, and I've got some fun uh, guests lined up that I can't wait to interview and get to know a little bit better. So um, thank you to the YouTube group. Thank you to Shannon Vandenberg. Both of them. They both really impacted our lives tonight. Um, thanks to Joe, Rob, Troy, Chris, and John. And of course, thanks to the uh, Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino, but mostly you, the listeners. We couldn't do what we do without you. And I'm so excited to be part of this team. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.